Today, we are going to be talking about three ways to know if your life is on track. Anybody want to know if your life's on track? We're going to talk about that today. We're going through this series called Are You Ready? Looking at the letters, the seven letters that John wrote in the book of Revelation. They are red letters in your Bible if you've cracked open your Bible to look at that, which means that, that they are Jesus's words. It's pretty fascinating, though, looking at what uh, Jesus had to say to these seven churches. By the way, these were seven uh, groups of people. The churches are made up of people, right? Seven regions in actually modern-day Turkey that Jesus addresses them and um, has some things, positive things, um, but also some things of correction for them. You know, as I've been going through this um, study a little bit with you, I've just realized that even for myself and my thinking, I, I've come to this place of like, okay, we know that coming to Jesus saves us, right? Inviting him into your life. And we take on his righteousness. We don't have any righteousness of our own. And so we, we basically cloak ourselves with Christ. But the interesting thing, I was thinking about this, if that is all that we had a responsibility to do is just cloak ourselves with Christ, then all Jesus's letters would say um, yes, you know Jesus, you're good. Right? That's what he would say. Yes, you know Jesus, you're good. And, and, and I have to question that for myself too in saying, have I just relied just on saying, hey, I know I'm saved by grace and I know Jesus. I, I want to let you know that I'm a human being trying to follow Jesus and I've had compromises in my life. And actually, if I were to line up myself completely to scripture, I am falling short, which means I still have compromises in my life. And, and, I, and I wonder if those compromises, though, are, are something to be looked at, something to be addressed. And today, nobody likes to look at those things, right? We just want to like pretend it's not there or not really deal with it. But when we get into these letters, you can't quite turn away from it. There's some things that Jesus is pointing out that he's saying, I have this for you. And then a lot of times he says, repent, repent, which means is turn the opposite way. Well, um, in, in life group this week, we were talking about these letters and we were talking about how we live our life today really impacts how we live for eternity. How we live today, you'll see that on your screen. How we live today impacts how we live for eternity. And one, somebody brought up this, uh, this is not new to me, this is, somebody brought this up to me in, in, um, in our life group. This is like your life. If you were to try to take the, the length of your life, here's your life. Maybe it's 60, 70, 80, I think I'm going to live to 120, so maybe I get this much more. <laughs> right? But this is eternity. 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 Okay? And so how we live our short little life that we've been given affects how we live for all eternity. And, and we wonder when we begin looking at eternity, <laughs> oh my word, how much it keeps going, right? It's a sobering thought, but yet we start living so much for ourselves, so temporal, and these letters help us to unpack this. So we are going to be the third letter to the Church of Pergamum today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 2, Revelations chapter 2, and we're going to go through uh, 12 through 17. 
For the sake of time, I'm not going to read this section. I'm going to highlight it, but I really do want you to open your Bibles. Actually, that's going to be my challenge for you today is to crack open your Bibles because um, how we live our life needs to reflect what we read in the Scripture, but to the church of Pergamum. Well, we know that these seven churches, I'm going to show you a map, and just so you understand uh, a little bit where Pergamum is. So it's, it's, in the Bible times, it was called Asia Minor, but really that's modern-day Turkey that you see on your screen. There it is, Pergamum, on the top corner for you. And let me tell you a little bit about this church. It was a wealthy city filled with pagan temples and idol worship. It had a significant library, 200,000 volumes. That was an interesting thing. If you're a history buff, you would know this. That was later sent to Egypt as a gift from Anthony to Cleopatra. Interesting. I have a gift for you, a volume of 200,000 books, <laughs> right? Today, we're like, we don't want books. Uh, but back then, that was a significant gift. And here's another little fun fact about Pergamum. Uh, paper. Paper was originated from this city. So here it is, though. But it was a very uh, pagan city, very wealthy. So we have to run it through the filter. Remember, when, when we look at these letters, it always starts by Jesus saying something of who he is. And he says this, the one that has a sharp two-edged sword. The words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword. If you look through scripture, there's some other places where it talks about the sharp two-edged sword. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, you might want to write this down if you're taking notes. This is a great place if you're like, hey, I don't really know these scriptures. Write them down and then go back and look them up throughout the week. Hebrews 4, chapter 12. Sorry, chapter 4, verse 12. We got that? Elbow your neighbor if you're sitting next to somebody uh, watching this. If you're by yourself, elbow the air and say, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Okay, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through to the division of soul and spirit. Pretty sharp, right? Of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's interesting, thoughts and intentions of the heart. He didn't say thoughts and intentions of the mind, of the heart. There's something about the word of God. So here Jesus is proclaiming right at the get-go that, that his word, which is his written word and spoken word, is the very thing that will judge us. Now why this is important is because we're going to begin to understand that how we live our lives in accordance to the word of God will actually be judged by that. Now, we're first saved by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But I do believe from what I'm looking at in scripture here, well, don't take my words for it. We always have to go by scripture. In Revelations chapter 19, it says this in verse 21. He's talking about him coming back to, uh, to this earth. And he says, the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him. Remember, a sword coming out of his mouth, meaning Jesus' mouth, symbolizes the word of God. Was sitting on the horse. Jesus, we know, is coming back on a horse. 
uh, and, the, and the boards were gorging on their flesh. Okay, we don't need to go there. Sorry, young ears. But basically, he's coming, and his word is the thing that judges us. Now, you might say, well, thus he's judging the unbelievers, and he's uh, us as believers, that we, we are only judged by our decision for Christ. Okay, then, then why is it that he goes on to saying these things in Pergamum, say, these are the things I have against you? So his rebuke to this church is very similar to the very first one we talked about in Ephesus, where his rebuke was for compromise. They were too worldly. They, they took on too much of the culture. So again, where he was saying some of them are following the teachings of Balaam. Remember when we talked about the very first letter um, to um, Ephesus, he was saying, you've taken on the teachings of the Nickelodeons. Now, Nicholas and Balaam were very similar in their things. They, they actually promoted eating food to idols, uh, intermarrying. In Numbers chapter 22 through 25, we see this, what Balaam has done. And, and it was a strategy of the enemy, quite frankly, to, to get them to not have God's favor. If we, if we pollute them with intermarrying and to them taking on customs of the pagan culture, they no longer will have God's favor, right? So eating food, sacrifice to idols, sexual immorality. And here it is that he's saying again, reminding this church, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to people who don't know Jesus. He's talking to Jesus followers, you and I. If you're tuning in and if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, Please do that. You just have to invite him into your life. Acknowledge what he's done on the cross for you. Uh, ask for forgiveness for your sins and make him the Lord of your life. But today in, in this message is really talking to those who've already given their life to Jesus. And he's saying, I have this corrective word for you. Remember we talked about that was mixology, right? You, you began to take on part of the culture, now, if I were to make a poll around here, like especially Christians, you would say, how many people feel like they're living according, they're living righteous, that God would be pleased with the way they're living? Well, you'd have to then, what if we lined, you'd probably say, hey, not too bad. What if we started lining up everything that we find in scripture to the way that you're living today? Well, I don't really know what's all in the scripture, so how do I know? And I think that's the point. If we're gonna be judged by the, the sharp sword that, that discerns our heart, then we probably should know what is in here. Now, I, I know this might sound a little bit, can, can I tell you, I'm in the same boat with you. I, I'm not, I'm preaching to me just like I'm preaching to you. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm wrestling through this with you. And I have a feeling I'm falling short of, of what is necessary for me to live a life that's lining up to what his word says. By the way, we realize that the word of God is so important and that's why I ask you to crack it open. I know there's devices you can get on your app or whatever, um, but... Man, there's something about a physical Bible. I want to let you know, if you do not have a physical Bible and you would like one, look at the address up here, gccnh.com forward slash Bible. 
Fill out a quick form and we will mail you a Bible. Now, I want to I wanna pre-let you know. The print is small. It is a full um, Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. But if you have uh, older eyes like I do, <laughs> you might uh, need some reading help on those. The print's small. But I just want to let you know. We will get a Bible to you. So this compromise, I, I want to talk about the compromise a little bit. And I, I think it goes back into the way he was talking about the Church of Ephesus, Nickelodeons. Here are the Church of Pergamum, the, um, those who are following the teachings of Balaam, which basically is, it's okay to be a Christian and do these different practices. And I would say this, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Romans 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't take the form of this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern. By the way, testing of what? That by testing how it lines up in Scripture, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You want to know what's good, acceptable, and perfect, you need to go into the Scripture and then test, hey, is what I'm watching lining up with Scripture? Is what I'm listening to lining up with Scripture? Is what I'm uh, partaking in lining up with Scripture? Because it says, don't be conformed to this world. And so what happens is this world has a way. It's like the, the frog in the boiling pot syndrome, right? We don't know that we're being cooked because <laughs> the heat's always turned up. The compromises are just trickling in eventually we don't know if we're compromised or not compromised. So I've got a challenge for you. I, I want to ask you, how much Jesus content are you listening, watching, consuming versus how much other content? And by the way, that other content is not necessarily wrong. But if you were to compare both of them, and let's say we had a scale and a weight how much time, and I'm just going to say Jesus-centered, meaning, okay, worship, some Christ message in it, movies have some Christ messages in it, shows can, versus just, again, not wrong music, but music that is just made from people who aren't followers of Jesus and movies that aren't made with followers of Jesus. And how much time are you spending consuming either Jesus-centered content versus not? Can I tell you that, that if it's like this, the non-Jesus-centered content, your life will start to look like that. There's no question. Your, your life will begin to look like what you're taking in. And then we have here what Jesus is saying. Hey, church in Pergamum, you're, you're a wealthy uh, place. You're, you're surrounded by a lot of this, you know, compromise, and you're compromising, the only way to know if you're compromised or not is to allow the word of God to show if you're compromised or not. And that means that you need to be watching how much you consume in either one. I would be happy if you were just to say, because I'm looking at my own life, that you just spent a quarter of the time in Jesus-centered stuff versus the other stuff. But I would say, 
How do, you, how do you switch that? How do you flip that? Because the only way that we're going to know if we measure up is we got to know the word of God. It's awfully quiet in your living rooms, wherever you're watching this from. So my question is, I wonder how compromised we are. Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, what he's saying is we only know if we're sinning against God if we understand what the word of God is. Now, it doesn't change whether or not it's sin or not sin. All, all sin is, by the way, is doing things contrary to the way God's originally designed it to take place. So my question for you is, are you acting like jello? <laughs> Here's a jello mold. Basically, you warm up liquid and you pour it into a mold, and when it cools, it takes on the shape and the form of which it is contained. Our lives are like this jello mold. And if we're not careful, and this is where I have to say it's the amount that we consume of either Jesus centered or not Jesus centered. You will take a shape of something. But what are you taking the shape of, is the question. Are you taking the shape of the world? Or are you taking the shape of, of Jesus and his kingdom and his purposes? Can I tell you a little bit something about compromise too? So think about this. If, if a dam is compromised, right, there, there's, there's a fracture, let's say, in that dam. It can sustain for a while, but all of a sudden it takes a little bit of a storm surge and that fracture eventually goes. Or how about a car or some other motor vehicle, right? In the frame, if there is a stress fracture, or if there's a fracture in that frame, it can go down the road until all of a sudden it starts hitting some, some tricky driving conditions, rocky roads or what have you. And it's in that stress though that all of a sudden that becomes vulnerable and can cause destruction. And I, I wanna say that about our own lives. We can, I know you might be feeling okay, life is going on fine for me. But if we are fractured on the inside, in other words, our lives aren't lining up to what the word of God is saying, eventually those fractures under stress, and today COVID-19 is a very stressful time. And maybe already in your life, you're starting to see some things starting to come to the surface that you don't necessarily like. And you look at that place and you see that, that fracture and that stress and all of a sudden it comes to the place of, of potentially being very disastrous for you. But repentance does this. Repentance gives you the opportunity to have that be healed in your life, that fracture. The, the great thing about this, use this analogy. When you break a bone, the fracture actually when it heals is actually stronger than the other bones around it. So, so here's the reality. If you're feeling fractured, invite Jesus into your life. Invite him into that uh, fracture and allow him to heal you. And so much of that is being healed by the word of God and repentance. And that's what he says to to this church. He says, repent. I know that you are compromised, now repent. Repent is this, it's like green light, red light. Anybody remember the game as a kid? Green light, go, 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 red light, freeze. Green light, red light, 
If you got kids at home right now, here we go. Green light. Kids go crazy. Red light. Stop. That's what repentance is. It's, it's like the red light. Jesus tells us something. Stop doing that, but go ahead and do this instead. Red light. Oh, I see a fraction of your left. Red light. Okay, no, but can you do this instead? That's, he always replaces something. When he says stop doing something, he replaces it with something else. Red light, green light, that's the repentance. Then he goes on to say this is what he has for you. That's what he has for us. So he says you're compromised. You're, you're kind of acting like you're taking on the teachings of Balaam. You got to repent. Now this is what he says, I have for you. He says, the ones who conquer, I'll give you hidden manna. Do you remember where there's other manna in scripture? The other manna in scripture is, uh, well, we already got music playing here. I got to get cranking, but hold with me here. Hold with me. I got at least a good five minutes left. Here we go. The hidden manna. Remember the, the children of Israel, when they left Egypt, God provided for them manna fell from heaven, bread-like substance. We know that Jesus is known as the bread of life, right? John 6.35, John 6.35. Jesus, the bread of life. Manna came from heaven to care for the children of Israel. This is what he's saying, that when you take the bread of life, you take Jesus and his word he gives you these things. He gives you the sustenance, this hidden manna. He provides for you. He cares for you. He feeds you. Two, he's promises a white stone. Other white stones in scripture. It's really important to look at the whole of scripture. Jesus was very concerned with the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs. Meaning on the outside, they look like white stones. But on the inside, they're not fooling anybody. But here he's saying that when we follow Jesus wholeheartedly, uncompromised, he will give you not a whitewashed stone, a pure white stone inside and out. First Peter 2, 5 says, you are, you yourselves like living stones are being built up a spiritual house. You and I are being built as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Is your life and offerings acceptable to God? Are you building your life with the right material? And I would say, man, build it on this, build it on this, the word of God. Then lastly, number three, he gives you a new name. It says, it gives you a new name, which is interesting, only, and the only person who knows is the one who receives it. I love this story. Uh, somebody gave a word to my daughter uh, once, and it was a name they named her, and they said um, that, that my daughter Abigail was the apple of God's eye. That name was given to her, and that had so much meaning to her didn't mean necessarily to anybody else, but to her, she knew how much God loved her. But Jesus wants to give you names. Remember when he, people encountered God in significant ways, he would change your name, Jacob to Israel, 
Abram to Abraham, Sarai, Sarah, um, Peter, he called him the rock. When we have this encounter with God, this intimacy with God, he gives us a new name and he whispers something to us. He whispered, these are the things who, who you are. You're called, you're chosen, you're mine, you're loved by God. You're the apple of my eye. So here we go to sum it up. You know your life is on track when? So if you want to hear, if you really want to focus right now, your life is on track when you're not acting like Jello. <laughs> molding yourself to look like others who don't know Jesus? Or are you molding yourself to look like what's in the Word of God? You're reading the Bible often, allowing it to show the compromises in your life and inviting Jesus in to strengthen you. I don't want you to be afraid of, of understanding compromises. I, I've had plenty of compromises and still I'm working on compromises in my life. You don't have to be afraid of that. It's like God's not there to condemn you. He's there to heal you. He's there to show you where those places are in your life that he wants to bring healing and renew you and so you can be more complete to who God has created you to be. And then lastly, number three, you're pursuing a closer relationship with Jesus who is giving you gifts and whispers, kind, uplifting words to your heart and soul. Isn't that nice? That's who Jesus is. He whispers in your ear those things of who he says you are. And he gives you good gifts. He's kind, things that will build you up. So here's my challenge for you. For this month, we're already May 10th, right? Mother's Day. We love you moms. But here we go. This is my challenge. Because if we are going to change anything in our life, we've got to get more Jesus in our life. We've got to get more of his word in our life. So the challenge is this. I want you to read your Bible every day until the end of May. It rhymes so you can remember it. <laughs> read your Bible every day until the end of May. Now it's like, where do I start? Where do, can Just start where we've been going. Start in Revelation. Like, I don't understand it. Well, reread the things that I've already done. Chapter 2, Church of Ephesus. Reread the same scripture every day if you need to. Just get something of God's word in your life. But then hopefully you begin to understand how much, how valuable God's word is that you will want to get more Jesus-centered content in your life. Listening to worship more than you listen to other music, whatever you want to call it, your other genres. Reading God's word and, and being in that instead of just being consumed on you know, Netflix and movies or shows. Because I guarantee you how much you consume will determine if you're jello like the world or if you become molded into the image of Jesus Christ. It truly has to do with how much time you spend. 
Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.